0: Welcome back to Careers Explained. Today we're talking with Jimmy O'Day about his career path and current role. He received his undergraduate degree from the University of Puget Sound in chemistry and received his PhD in chemistry from UC Santa Barbara. Previously, he worked as a research associate at Cornell University, a science and engineering congressional fellow, a vehicle analyst for the Union of Concerned Scientists, and was the deputy director of trucks for CalSTART. He is now the Assistant Deputy Director of Transportation Electrification at Caltrans. Welcome, Dr. O'Day, and thanks for coming on today.
1: Great to be here.
0: Can you start by going back to college and describe what made you interested in getting your PhD in chemistry and what your plans at the time were career-wise?
1: Yeah, I was really motivated to study uh, solutions really on the clean technology side of chemistry um, to address air pollution and climate change. Um, so I, I grew up in Las Vegas, um, which is a beautiful desert um, and surrounded by mountains. And um, like many places in the West that are surrounded by mountains and have sunshine, they uh, have a lot of air pollution problems. Uh, so The mountains and the sunlight, you know, trap vehicle exhaust and whatnot, and the the sunlight creates the photochemical conditions for ozone and smog formation. So I I grew up with images of smog hanging over my hometown of Las Vegas, and was very motivated to um, be part of uh, the solution to reduce that pollution. Uh, And I really loved chemistry and just saw that that was my way to contribute to the problem. Um, You know, we need many. Contributors to address air pollution, but um, I saw my aptitude for chemistry to be one way to help uh, in that regard.
0: Awesome. And then you had a variety of roles, including research up until your current role. And can you describe kind of the biggest similarities and differences between those positions?
1: Yeah, I have. So um, after uh, doing graduate school in chemistry, I continued down the chemistry route and studied. Uh, More technologies for uh, on the clean tech side, Um, but increasingly got interested in really the other side of the solutions, uh, namely the policy side, um, as kind of the other end of um, addressing these issues around air pollution and climate change. And started extracurricularly, so did you know volunteer stuff on uh, climate campaigns and those sorts of. efforts and then transitioned uh, professionally to do policy work through a fellowship uh, specifically designed for people with science backgrounds to be policy advisors for uh, members of Congress. Uh, So I worked for a year in DC, where you're at now, um, for Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii as his science policy advisor on climate change and energy issues.
0: And then in those roles, when you switched, um, what did you discover were the main things you did and didn't want throughout the various roles you've had up until this point?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the things that I have, have been consistent in all my roles for things that I want, um, I guess are, uh, being fulfilled in the sense of, um, having an impact for you know, the work that I'm doing, um. And there's a lot of ways to have, have an impact, like you don't necessarily have to be, you know, president of the United States to have an impact in the world. Um, but just to feel that the work that I was doing was helping to move the needle, you know, in some way. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of progress is very small and incremental, but I'm always feeling like um, the roles and the work I was doing was, was to helping um, take those baby steps. Uh, so science is a lot of baby steps, you know, research world, you're um, just making inc- incremental progress on, on these challenges in the research world. And the same can be said with policy, that it's a lot of incremental um, steps that ultimately add up to, to big changes. Um, so feeling the having impact, I guess, is one thing I've always sought. And the other big thing, um, looking back when I look at you know the places I've had the, the most fulfillment and enjoyment have been who I've who I've worked with and just having really excellent colleagues that you know, you just feel like you're on the same team and um, understand your strengths and, you, you know, your colleagues' strengths and how you can just work together to achieve, you know, the, the product that you're all working on.
0: You knew early what you wanted and you were successful in getting in all those roles. And then moving to your current role, can you walk us through the steps of how you got into this role and what was required to get it?
1: Yeah, so my current role... I'm the Assistant Deputy Director for Transportation Electrification. uh, So, electric vehicles and those, you know, that sort of uh, sphere um, at the California Department of Transportation, uh, also known as Caltrans. Um, And how I got here, it was, I guess, I would just say very incremental. Shifted from the biggest shift was probably going from the research labs to uh, being the policy advisor in the Senate for Senator Brian Schatz. Um, And once I made that shift, I guess the next stage of my career, um, you know, was a series of policy type positions and, and, you know, technical policy type roles. Um, And ultimately, it was just building up familiarity and expertise in electric vehicles and electric vehicle policy that um, led to the position I'm at um, in California. But yeah, just a, a natural incremental uh, steps um that got me here
0: so you had the incremental steps were there specific prerequisites required for this role or can anyone at any level apply uh,
1: good um for my role um being very familiar with california policies and the state's goals on climate change and electric vehicles are pretty important and and that's where i do have a you know I have A lot of background. Um, And yeah, policy, you know, knowing, yeah, how to navigate policy issues and kind of the the thorny, the thorniness of of policy issues, um, and how to how to navigate them. So yeah, probably the biggest, like, checkbox, I would say for a position like mine is having some sort of level of subject matter expertise um, on, in my case, California policies around electric vehicles.
0: That makes sense. And then once you had the expertise for the role, where did you find this? Were you on LinkedIn job posts? Were you on, was it through networking? How did you specifically kind of apply? And then what were the steps in terms of interviews, maybe to get into the role?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I guess the the idea of working for the state of California has always been very attractive to me. Um, we you know, have made such great progress in California um, around our policies. And in my previous roles, I was um, on the side of really trying to push the state to adopt strong policies for electric vehicles, along with many other folks um, in the nonprofit world is where I was before the state. And the next step I saw in, in my career was um, helping the state to achieve these policies that we'd been pushing them um, to adopt. And so, yeah, the idea of working for the state was um, on my radar, something that I, you know, thought would be a very fulfilling um, opportunity. So when the opportunity came up at Caltrans, um, I, I jumped on it um, and am very feel very lucky to be here.
0: Can you give us a description of your role? What do you do? Kind of an overview of your role.
1: Assistant to the regional manager or something like that, right? (laughs) I guess the working description of my role is is I'm the point person for Caltrans on electric vehicles and transportation electrification issues. Um, And so I'm lucky to work with a lot of great colleagues that are supporting these efforts um, at Caltrans, um, and also to work with colleagues at other state agencies that are also doing their part to help the state um, meet our goals underneath, I guess, the purview of of what I do on a daily basis, helping uh, to get out funding programs for uh, electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Um, So we're in a very exciting time right now with a lot of federal funding to support these efforts uh, from the bipartisan infrastructure law that passed about a year and a half ago. Um, And so states are Uh, receiving money, applying for money from these federal programs uh, to build out charging infrastructure. Um, So that's a big part of my role and probably takes up 85% of my time right now. But there's a lot of other exciting things maybe that we could talk about. But um, public uh, charging infrastructure has been um, one of the biggest parts of my day since taking on this role.
0: And then that you said that's 80% of your day. What's the other 20% right now?
1: Oh, gosh, a grab bag of, you know, just whatever comes up. Um, So, you know, there's legislative cycles. Um, So um, any bill that, you know, uh, California um, state senator or assembly person um, proposes that's related to electric vehicles and might impact Caltrans and, um, you know, our operations, um, you know, I'll get emails say, hey, what do you think about this bill? Is this something we want to support? Is it something that would affect us. Um so I guess the other 20% is kind of um yeah really just a a grab bag of anything related to electric vehicles that might come up. Um, and there's a lot because there's so much going on with electric vehicles um, and a lot of excitement and activity and companies are want to talk to you because they have products that they you know want to sell and they want you know um the state to you know fund and those sorts of things. Um, so it's just a lot of a lot of interest around EVs right now.
0: So the other 20% still very electric vehicle focused policy side of it. So you might be an expert on all the up-and-coming legislative motions around them. And then in that 80% where you're managing programs, can you describe some examples of roles and responsibilities for that aspect of yeah. your?
1: Um, so one thing that we just finished this week, which we're really excited about, is we um, submitted um, a fairly large proposal to uh, the federal U.S. Department of Transportation um, to fund charging stations for trucks in California, um, and not only just California. We partnered with Oregon and Washington on this big three-state proposal. Um, so this was a lot of research to go into this proposal of you know identifying the needs and where the industry is at. And, you know, making the case for why we we um, should get this funding in California. And also describing the s- specifications for if we do get this funding in California, what, what those charging stations would look like. Would there be, you know, five stalls? Would there be 10 stalls? Um, how many trucks would they have to accommodate? Those sorts of things. So kind of the, the nitty gritty of, um, you know, site design for charging stations.
0: That's a great example of it. And on this type of project, let's use the truck charging stations, what does your team makeup look like and how does that play into both the proposal and then if you get the funding, what will the team structure look like to execute that?
1: Yeah, so we're really lucky um, that we've been collaborating on using this proposal as an example uh, with colleagues at another state agency, um, the California Energy Commission, who have a lot of technical expertise that... um, was critical to developing this application. Um, so at Caltrans, we have a lot of expertise on uh, the transportation system and um, the transportation network, namely, you know, highway system um, and freight movement in the state. Um, the Energy Commission uh, that we've worked with in California, um, they have expertise in uh, programs around charging infrastructure. So um, we work together um, and really. Um, I don't think either one of our agencies could have developed this application alone um and so yeah combining efforts was really the key to success there um
0: not but, just within your agency but across different organizations to tackle the goal yeah and you mentioned team structure but also that people are one of the most important factors in your role of enjoying your colleagues what percentage of your time is typically spent with people versus maybe doing research or policy analysis alone?
1: Um, at this stage, I'm primarily in meetings all day, <laughs> um, and as you know, our interview started a few minutes late it was I was coming from a meeting and um, those sorts of things. Um, and so, yeah, people are, just, are are a big part of um, my current role, um, whereas you know maybe five or 10 years ago, I was maybe more um, doing research and writing the proposals myself and, you know, really um, more honed in and, um, you know, still um, collaborating with folks, but um, spending more dedicated time, um, you know, doing the analyses and whatnot that um, go into the reports. And as I feel like, you know, you progress, um, you, Hence, I guess in my role, the progression of I'm on is relying more on others that have been um, doing the specific analyses for our work.
0: More of a managerial role as you move up.
1: Middle management is probably an accurate description of where I'm at in my my career now. Um,
0: And on that point, what are the opportunities for moving up?
1: Yeah, you know, the state... um, I would say within the state, there's a lot of opportunities and just great um, leadership positions across a lot of state agencies. Um, uh, I could see myself staying within the state ranks um, for an entire career. Now that I'm relatively new to the state, um, been in the state service for about a year, um, but I could see myself, you know, continuing down this path for quite a ways, just with all the opportunities and um, really problems we need to solve and, you know, solutions that we need to develop to achieve our climate and air quality goals. Um, I, yeah, there's endless amount of work to do really. Um, so yeah, on those lines, uh, we're hiring at Caltrans, we're hiring at the state. Um, look at Caltrans, look at the state of California as a place to work. Um, we have, I would say, really exciting opportunities for people coming, um, you know, out of college, out of um, with undergrad or master's programs um, that you i'll just put a plug in for specifically for california but other state governments um, you know and federal government would probably be similar um, but in california specifically i can say without a doubt that you would be surrounded by really experts in your field to learn from as you know a young person um, you know on the beginnings of your career path um, would really help and set you down uh, for success and you know being around uh, people that you can learn from, I would say, is one of the biggest pieces of advice I would give to somebody, you know, early in their career journey.
0: And for those who are interested in this role, what would the training look like if they're maybe newer out of college and they don't have the subject expertise that you have at this point in your career?
1: Yeah, um, the training, um, yeah, to to kind of land one of these positions. Um, know we we look for people that have um, policy experience generally um, and know how to you know interpret policy and um, respond to policy proposals and and, you know critically think about how a policy proposal would impact the state or the state's goals Um, we look for subject matter experts on zero emission electric vehicles specifically Um, admittedly that's not it's a newer field so there's not too many it's not like you go to school to be an expert in electric vehicles Um, so that's something where you know you might have policy experience or you might have transportation uh, planning experience um, that would probably be a foot in the door, and then you come work for, you know, say like a team like ours at Caltrans, and you are around subject matter experts where you would develop um, a specific expertise around electric vehicles.
0: And can you describe kind of typical day, you said meetings, a lot of it's around getting funding for electric vehicle policy, but a more kind of in-depth example of a day, maybe someday this week, what that looks like?
1: Um, Yeah, someday this week, um, you know, two days, I was at a really exciting conference in Sacramento on electric vehicles um, and, you know, had the opportunity to really connect with a lot of people that, you know, you haven't seen in person for, you know, a few years um, and yeah, share what you're up to um, and kind of plant some seeds for some future collaborations. So maybe that's an example of maybe an atypical day. I don't go to conferences every day, Um, but those are two days this week. A typical day is, you know, checking in with um, the folks on the electric vehicle team at Caltrans. Um, And there's so many moving pieces right now that um, just being on top of all that's going on is like a big part of my role. And Then checking in with our external collaborators at the other state agencies is a pretty regular thing, Um, making sure we're in sync and moving projects along to get them delivered and funding out the door is kind of a a big push of ours right now.
0: And when you talk about the different projects and the different pieces, who is assigning the goals or the topics of what you're working on or as an agency at a given time?
1: Yeah, I'm, a lot of our goals, well, I would say all of our goals and all of our work is directly related to um, broader state goals. So, you know, we have state goals for reducing our GHG emissions. We have state goals for the number of electric vehicles that need to be on the road. Um, and, and not even just goals, we have laws and mandates um, that, you know, you've probably read, you know, headline of New York Times in California, like, 100% of car sales by 2035 have to be electric. Like so, those are the types of goals that uh, we are trying to uh, provide the support for the state to achieve. Um, now that those those requirements are actually in place, um, so I would say we start with um, yeah, executive orders from the governor, legislation um, that you know requires these um, milestones to be reached, and then we take them and say, how can we at our state agency play a role in in achieving them with our particular expertise?
0: That's super helpful. And then process-wise of how these different projects work, you get a mandate executive order of kind of a goal or requirement. You might request the funding through a proposal after doing research and planning. Once you, let's say, get the funding in this case, what are the big steps? And on average, how long do they take to implement those proposals?
1: Uh, So maybe like proposals for getting the funding out the door, is that maybe what you're...
0: Or so using kind of the truck charger example earlier, if you guys receive the funding that you requested, is that expected to be a... Two-year project is that indefinite. What is the time length of these projects?
1: I guess the timelines associated with a project like that are, you know, first we apply for the funding. Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get it. Um, Then we um, put out a a solicitation for companies to apply for this funding. Um, Those companies will apply. We'll evaluate their proposals uh, to build out the, the charging stations at like you know, diesel truck stops or whatever that want to convert to electric or whatnot. Um, they, you know, we choose a, a winner, winner, award winners, um, and then they would start the construction process, you know, and um, ordering the chargers and whatnot. Um, on truck charging in particular, it is um, fairly, they're fairly big projects um, in the sense of like the power demands that are associated with charging a truck is, uh, much higher than that to charge a car, um, and so there's maybe more electrical work that needs to be done on the site, uh, more upgrades on the grid um, that need to be um, completed before you can turn the site on, so to speak. Um, so these are these are multi-year projects, I guess is you know a short way of saying uh, just because they are so involved and part of the, the timeline is these are all very new projects. There's only four publicly accessible charging stations for trucks on the entire West Coast today. Um, And we proposed um, several dozen in this particular project that we just submitted. Um, So we're kind of embarking on relatively new territory. um, And there isn't, you know, a guidebook. We're kind of writing the guidebook. um, And we hope that if we do get this funding, uh, we would have a lot of lessons learned for other states to make it easier for them as they're, you know, they start to develop electric truck um, projects as well.
0: You're making history and you're making it greener. <laughs> and for those, time. Yeah, for those who want to embark on this journey with you, what advice would you have for someone listening who wants to follow in your footsteps and join in on this crusade?
1: Yeah, um, I would say the the skills that I would recommend folks develop are being critical um, interpreters of information and thinking through all of the impacts of, of whatever project you're working on and, and and whatever sentence you're writing, like the impacts of how that sentence could be interpreted by you know the owner of a truck fleet versus a community member that is impacted by truck traffic. Like, being a, a critical, um, yeah, interpreter of of your own work, of others work um, is just such a, a valuable skill and um, asking questions and um, thinking through all of the consequences of a particular policy decision um, is, so atten- maybe that just boils down to like, attention to detail really matters. Like we're public servants, we want to um, achieve outcomes that you know maximize the public good and and we we take that really serious um and so that means yeah being uh you know paying close attention to detail um the other skill that i would say is just so broad and important is is writing um and communicate and communication broadly and it's it's kind of cliche um but if someone is a good writer um that just goes so far in what, what skills you can offer a team and ultimately providing valuable you know, contributions to a team. Um, and whether it's no matter what field it is, whether it's electric vehicles or you know, or being a doctor, like there, like I would say that's a distinguishing feature that would set folks apart from maybe their peers is being a good writer. Um, so the more you can develop that skill um, as a young career person in their career, the better. And and the way you become a good writer is through practice and through, I would say, feedback from experienced writers that can help you grow and develop.
0: That's great. You be I was going to ask, how do you do that? So you already saw the question coming, as a good writer would thinking about <laughs> impact. So you really walk the talk there. Thank you so much for coming on. I have no doubt you will inspire people to join this exciting mission of changing not just California, but the world.
1: We're trying. Appreciate being on here.